Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Call It a Comeback. I am Bobby McInnes, alongside my co-host, Thomas Blone. Tom, how are you doing? This is going to be the last uh, recording of the semester, so hopefully we can deliver a good one and head into the new year strong. Yeah, Bob, I'm doing pretty good. It's it's pretty crazy that we're already here in the last uh, podcast of the, of the semester. Uh, it's December 9th. The weeks are just flown by, and I'm, I'm really excited for this one. We got a nice uh, special guest on today. Yeah, I'm really excited to introduce our special guest today. He's a friend of ours. We've played basketball with him. We always talk sports with him. And luckily for me, he roots for an even sadder uh, football franchise than I do. My friend Eli Falconer, the Jaguars fan. Yes, How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'd be doing much better if the Jaguars weren't once again the worst team in the NFL. Uh, it's been a tough <laughs> decade, but I'm getting through it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Eli. It's been tough for me, too, as a Jets fan. I don't mean to roast you too much about the Jaguars, but it kind of does feel good knowing my team might actually be slightly better uh, than another franchise in the NFL. I wish I could say the same to anyone. If we had like a Detroit fan here, maybe, yeah. but that's about it at this point. Hang in there, man. Think about how good it'll be when, when one of our teams finally wins. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a win for all the fans of bad teams. Yeah, what are your thoughts uh, so far on Jaguars' first-round pick, Trevor Lawrence? I mean, coming out of college, she was highly respected, considered one of the best players or one of the best prospects in a very long time. Um, so far this season, to my knowledge, he's been doing pretty good. Obviously, he, you got to think about the situation he's in. He can't be putting up Clemson numbers and getting the same uh, wins as he was when he was in college because this Jaguars team, you got to look at the pieces and, and what's around him. Yeah, no, that's the big thing. I think for what he has around him, he's not doing awful. I mean, he's not doing great. He gets a little flustered in the pocket. That's getting better. His accuracy isn't quite there yet. That's going to be there as well. But he's throwing... As of right now, he's throwing to Tavon Austin, Laquan Treadwell, so like two of the biggest wide receiver busts ever, and then like a 32-year-old Marvin Jones Jr. and LaVisca Chenault, who's been awful. So, I mean, he's got nothing around him. Travis Etienne tore his ACL preseason. DJ Chark. DJ Chark's hurt. Uh, we traded for Dan Arnold. He was like our first solid tight end since Mercedes Lewis. He got hurt pretty quickly. It's a mess. It's a mess, and Urban's not helping him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Urban Meyer. Uh, my opinion, Tom. What are your thoughts on Urban Meyer? I think he's going to get canned at the end of the season. Yeah, honestly, I had a lot um, more confidence in him coming in. Uh, he's just. I think he can really only co- coach at the college level. Uh, it's really. He's been really having a disappointing season with the play calling. I know, as uh, Eli mentioned, the personnel is just obviously not there right now in Jacksonville. But um, I think it's better off if they part ways and uh, get someone in there that's going to help Trevor develop a lot better than he is right now. Yeah, I know. I was never really a fan of Urban Meyer coming in, actually. I was always skeptical um, just because of his lack of experience and success like in the NFL. And that's kind of what teams are looking for nowadays. Like, You see so many McVay products who then get hired. You see the same thing. Like Now Bills, like Dable's going to be one of the like, – He's probably going to be the top uh, head coaching candidate this offseason. I don't know what you guys think about that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like it's tough going straight from, like, the college level into the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, – he. I think he's purposely doing a bad job so he can just leave or get fired without <laughs> people getting too mad because this past week was the third time this season – when asked why James Robinson wasn't on the field, he said he doesn't know and that he doesn't micromanage things. 
when he is literally the head coach. <laughs> you can micromanage everything you want in the middle of a game, and he's choosing not to, and his best players aren't on the field. So it's a mess. Yeah, it's definitely tough. But with no further ado, Eli, I was talking to you yesterday, and I was like, you know, what segment do you want to do on the show today? Because it's kind of tough. Like, we try not to repeat ourselves week after week. Obviously, like, the takes update and stu- and whatnot because different stuff is happening in the league. But you said that it would be fun to do um, some sort of, like, mid-season awards, although I guess we're in week 14 now, so can yeah. you really call it mid-season? Um, nonetheless, we're going to be giving out awards today. Uh, some of them are pretty creative. I like, like, uh, just to name a few, best free agent signing, uh, most dis- uh, most disappointing player slash team so far, best uniforms. There's some fun ones in there. Um, we have about, I don't know, it's 10 to 12 awards here that we're going to give out, and, you know, I'm really excited to get into the thick of things here. I'm ready. Yeah. So to start off, you know, let's start off kind of easy. Let's go with best uniforms. I know I might be putting you on the spot. I know you're probably a little more prepared. Um, Tom, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll let Eli go first. Uh, Eli, what are your favorite uniforms in the NFL, I guess? Hands down, it's no question. Uh, LA, LA Chargers, the powder blue tops with the yellow pants, numbers mm. on the helmet. You can't beat it. It's a classic look. They finally brought it back. I'm so glad they did. It just looks great. Not, nothing touches it. Nothing touches it. I mean, uh, I don't know how I feel about the Chargers powder. It's very nice. I love it. I it's love very it. nice. I just don't know if it's really like a tough like football theme there. I agree with that. I do agree with that. If you're going tough, you got to look at like Raiders. Like yeah, that's tough. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I do agree though with Falconer. I'd say, honestly, that's that was my runner-up. I was thinking about maybe putting that one, but... When, when you see those powder blues, I just think of uh, Lindanian Tomlinson and a- Antonio Gates uh, when they used to play with Rivers. Uh, so that brings back good memories uh, for football fans. But actually, my number one is going to be the L.A. Rams. I really like their um, the new blue on, I think it's blue on white uh, pants or blue on yellow pants. Uh, it's, just, it's kind of like a throwback because they used to be the L.A. Rams, which they wore when uh, Kurt Warner uh, was the quarterback. So I, that's my number one. But I like the Chargers a lot. Yeah, I actually, all right, this is going to sound really weird since I'm also keeping it in L.A., but the Rams have an alternate. I'm not sure if it's their alternate or their way, but it's a like gray main color. It's like a new gray main color with like the blue lettering. Um, I don't know if we could pull that up right now, but it's very nice. Let's see. It's a gray base? Yeah. See that? Oh, I see him with the blue numbers. Yep, blue numbers, a little yellow trim on the shoulder. And they um, got nice helmets. This is probably my favorite. The oh, Rams nice. helmet, yes. The Rams helmet is one of the, yeah, I think, I like the best helmets in the NFL. You got, like, the horns going across the side. I, I like that a lot. I don't think – not enough teams do something cool with the helmets. Like, you got – the Rams got the horns. Bengals have the tiger stripes. Eagles got, like, the wings. But that's about it. Yeah, like, it gets pretty basic that, after uh, that. Yeah. The Viking come out. Oh, the, yeah, the I Vikings like that. The pretty white. cool, too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. More teams should do something with their helmet. And I really hope that the NFL gets a little more lenient, allowing teams to use, like, different helmets and different jerseys throughout the year. I personally, obviously being a Jets fan, our black jerseys are, are pretty nice, and they've brought us pretty good success so far this year. Um, we are 1-1 one one in them. We lost to the Eagles, but we also had a very big win against the Bengals in them. So, yeah, I, I like the black for the Jets. If it was up to me, we'd wear those every week. Now I gotta ask: Do you do you miss Color Rush? Color Rush Thursdays. You know, you want to hear a story about Color Rush Thursday? I'd love one. So, growing up, I was uh, very lucky to be. My dad had season tickets uh, going to the Jets, so I'm very grateful for that experience. I wouldn't say I took it for granted at the time, but now. 
you know, looking back on it, I was really blessed to have that opportunity to just go to so many home games, tailgating. The whole experience is just amazing. Um, so one of those nights was a Thursday night game. I want to say I had to be like early high school age, maybe I was a freshman or a sophomore. And the Jets were playing Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills. And as most people know, the Jets color rush is like a bright green on green. And the Bills color rush is a, a red. It's a solid red on red. Um, this is very difficult for people who are colorblind. Yeah. And they actually did not know this until after the game when a bunch of people were complaining. They did not know. It looked like the teams were wearing the same color. So a lot of people who are colorblind, they mix up their greens and their reds, and it kind of looks like a mute, like a brown, from what I'm told. And my dad happens to be colorblind. No so way. So he was, at one <laughs> point, we, were, we went down. So we sit in like the 200 level section, and we went down into like the 100 level, and we found seats like much closer up. And we were standing there, and I remember there was one of the plays. I think the Jets either threw an interception or something happened where it wasn't great. The Jets either threw an interception or the Bills, you know, had a big gain. And I remember my dad was standing there like, go, go, yes. And, and we were looking at him like, dad. <laughs> who are you rooting for here? And he's like, what? Oh, what the? And he starts dropping the F-bomb and stuff. Uh, <laughs> don't tell my mom that. But... No, it was, just, it was just a crazy story. So now the color rush, I always think of that story with my dad and how people who are colorblind have trouble seeing. And there was a whole report that came out after the game about uh, how it was tough. And they were actually, like, offering compensation. Obviously, my dad, you know, didn't care enough to try to get money back or free tickets or whatnot. But it's just really uh, – it was definitely interesting, and that's something that I'll probably always remember and relate to the color rush. Yeah, I remember there's a video. Uh, they, like, rendered it to make it – to show you what it looked like for colorblind people, and they use a kickoff play, and it was just mobs of gray, just like you couldn't tell who was who. Like it was a mess. Yeah, so that's crazy story, but it's true, and uh, I don't know. I, th I was happy to share that with you guys today because you know, brought back an, a little <laughs> memory for me there. Yeah, no, I, I do honestly miss the color rushes every Thursday. I thought those were pretty cool uh, jerseys that they that they wore. All right, so moving on to our next award here, let's go with most disappointing player or team. Uh, Eli, we'll start with you again. All right, most disappointing player. I already mentioned him, but I got to go LaVisca Chenault Jr., <laughs> wide receiver on the Jags. Out of Colorado, he was a beast. Like, wide receiver, running back, hybrid, like, yards after catch machine. And rookie year, he was all right. He had 58 receptions, 600 yards, five touchdowns. It's not, like, insane, but... Remember, he was playing with three quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew, Jake Lutton, and Mike Glennon. So, like, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, he was actually – LaVisca was projected to have a really good season because he was one of those players who can kind of do it all once he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. So, I agree. That's He's definitely disappointing so far this year. Um, Tom, we'll go to you. All right, I got a team and a player for you guys. I got the Seattle Seahawks, and I have the quarterback, Russell Wilson, um, this team has really no excuse to be 4-8 and eight right now. They have uh, Russell Wilson, Lockett, and uh, Metcalf on their offense, and uh, they just can't figure it out. Uh, they did just have a big win against San Francisco last week, but, I mean, th this team needs to basically win out to have any chance at a wild card. And um, my New York Giants are, are in talks, apparently, with Russell Wilson, and he wants to apparently go out of the Giants. Broncos are the Saints. Now, we can take that however way we take it, looking at Twitter, but... Hmm. I don't know. I would obviously love to have Russell Wilson on my team, yeah. um, but the Giants, honestly, right now aren't in a position to be giving up draft capital because they have a lot of other holes to fill than quarterback right now. 
Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, Russell Wilson not having a great year. I, I, I need a bounce back here from him next year. For me, the most disappointing player this season has been the best in the nation himself, Jamal Adams. The Seahawks gave up two first-round picks for this guy and a third-round pick. Um, But nonetheless, they gave up a lot of draft capital for Jamal Adams. They then inked him to a big deal. They're paying him a lot of money, taking up a lot of cap space. This guy has zero sacks this season. I know he has two interceptions, which is like his career high for a season because he only has like three or four on his career. Um, But they've been tipped right to him. I, I don't need to get into that. Whatever. Jamal Adams has two interceptions. Let's give him a round of applause. Who cares? He's got the but, same amount as Will Fork. Yeah, on the <laughs> that is true. His PFF is grade bad. is like a 60.1 behind Ashton Davis, who's a starter on the – who is Ashton Davis? I have no I mean, idea. I, I know who he is because <laughs> I follow the Jets, um, and, and he was a third-round pick for us, and he's not very good. His PFF grade is like a 63. But if you ask like a normal football fan who Ashton Davis is, they probably have no clue. So Ashton Davis – according to PFF, is having a better season than Jamal Adams. And Jamal, I mean, it sucks that he got injured, but now he is done for the season, capping off just a brutal year for him. And uh, I I agree with Tom. My most disappointing team is the Seattle Seahawks. There's no reason for that team to be where they are right now, Uh, 4-8 at the bottom of that division. It's just I'm I'm happy we have the draft pick. I don't know. I'm I'm thrilled about it, but they've been the most disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were looking at this team right now, and, and they, they don't even have, I don't think they have a first next year, right? Because the Jets have the first. Right. Mm-hmm. So your quarterback is probably going to be asking to leave soon. Uh, their line's a mess. Defense is a mess. I mean, they're, they're just really not in a good spot right now, especially in that division with the Rams, Niners, and Cardinals putting up the numbers they are. Uh, it's, it's honestly not a good scenario for, for Seattle right now at all. Yeah, so Eli, we talked about your most disappointing player. What team are you most disappointed with this season? I mean, my team that I had written down was also the Seahawks, but I can easily switch up and just say the Jaguars. <laughs> I didn't fair. think yeah, we were going to be great. I thought we were going to win like six games. We're not even close. No, I think I know. It's clean sweep it's from the tough. Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, no, Seahawks, because we've never, Russ has never gone below 500. They've yeah. got to win out to avoid that. And mm-hmm. this will be his second year missing the playoffs. So it's just awful. Definitely, yeah, down here. All right, so switching it up, let's go with most surprising player this this year. So most surprising player slash team, it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. Yeah, so for most surprising player, I took Cooper Cup. I mean, I knew mm. he was a great player. We've seen what he can do, but I think I don't think anyone was expecting him to have what's statistically the greatest start to a season ever for a wide receiver. It's absolutely insane. It's like, what's he at, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, Coming no, up on 100 receptions, it's unreal what he's doing in that offense. I really like that uh, pick, uh, Eli, a lot. Because, yeah, like you said, we knew he's he's a solid receiver in the league. Uh, he has been the past years. But this season, is a, he's been the best receiver in the league, no questions asked. Um, and that's just for sure a surprise that we didn't see coming. For me, I have two here. So if, I, if you want to look at the bright side, I'll, I'll go quick here. Joe Mixon, uh, I was honestly really surprised with him. He's the guy who... When he gets drafted in fantasy, you laugh at the guy who took <laughs> him because you're like, there's no way you took Joe Mixon. Like, he sucks every year. You want to draft him in the first or second round. Um, but, I mean, this year, he's second in yardage behind Jonathan Taylor, uh, who has a tremendous lead. But he's second in yardage, and he's honestly having a great year. I believe he's gone like eight straight weeks now with a touchdown. He's really impressive so far. On the flip side, a guy who I'm surprised and disappointed in is Brandon Ayuk. 
I mean, oh, I was the God. idiot who drafted him in fantasy yeah. football. Me too. And he's been killing me this whole season. And besides fantasy-wise, like, it's just really upsetting. For, even from the beginning of the season, they were saying, like, his lack to pick up the plays. He just doesn't seem to be getting with it. And then last week, no Debo Samuel, and he still has, like, minimal production. I just don't understand. The kid was such a talent coming out of college, and he had a good rookie season too. It just does not add up to me. I'm not sure what's going on with Brandon Ayuk. Hopefully him, the coaching staff, someone needs to get over whatever it is and get past it because this kid could ball. Um, but I, I'm very surprised with the season that he's having. Yeah, they got to get it to him. They got to get it to him in open space, let him let him make some work after the catch, but it's just not there right now. It's all Debo and Kittle. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, expectations from after the the rookie season. You could see the athleticism and everything, and uh, definitely a down year uh, for him. Uh, my guy is actually going to be Cordero Patterson on the uh, Atlanta Falcons this Great season. Uh, yes, I mean he's he's been really really surprising for me, uh, especially for fantasy owners. I don't have him in, uh, in fantasy, but I mean he's been a a solid RB one uh, this season for PPR fantasy owners and he's just been a bright spot for this Falcons team that's under 500 right now but no one's expecting uh, this team to make the playoffs with uh, a regressing Matt Ryan and, and the team they have but Cordell Patterson definitely a great season for him so far yeah and real quick we'll run through a surprising team what team are you the most surprised with I'm going New England Patriots and I feel like we shouldn't be surprised anymore but I still am I wasn't a huge Mac Jones guy coming out of college but if you look at what Belichick did he took a res- he took a quarterback who sat in the pocket and threw to wide open receivers, and he put him in the pocket and he's throwing to wide open receivers because that's just what the New England offense is. Everyone's already open. He's doing great, and of course the defense is back from all their COVID stuff last year, and they're just killing it. Yeah, Tom. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this team was projected to be bottom of the league, uh, only a few wins. They're sitting right now. It's I mean they're not doing anything crazy but they're sitting at six and seven uh they put themselves in the wild card picture with with washington and um hurts overall has had a pretty good season up until uh the, this past week against the giants and then this week he was out uh with injury but uh they've been my surprise this season so far yeah i hate to say this but i'm gonna have to go with patriots too um this is a patriots team who what six weeks ago we had jimmy cody on the show and of course he predicted that they would turn around and do what they're doing now. And, of course, Jimmy, congratulations. You were right. <laughs> and you let me know it every time the Patriots win. I, around 3.55, I get a text message from Jimmy Cody every week saying, look at the Patriots. And you know what? He was right. So Patriots, they're, they're, they're a pretty damn good team. Uh, Bill Belichick, I mean, that's going to lead us probably into another conversation later when we talk about possibly best coach. But Bill Belichick is the best coach. Right this season, he's the best coach possibly of all time, probably of all time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Patriots are uh, the the team that I'm most surprised with. Let's go with a breakout player. Breakout player. All right. Yeah, my breakout player. I mean, he he doesn't get a ton of hype, but I'm going Michael Pittman Jr. on the Colts. He's been a great player in that Colts offense, which is mostly dominated by Jonathan Taylor. Because we saw Taylor has the yardage lead by a ton. And Pittman's still at 880 yards, five touchdowns. If they threw it a little more, those numbers would obviously go up. And I think he's got a very bright career ahead of him. Yeah, Pittman, that's a good take. Like that. uh, he's obviously, the run game helps him a lot, I think. But him and Wentz have definitely had a good yeah. connection so far this season. Tom, you want to go or you want me to go first? Oh, uh, you can go. All right. For me, breakout player is also 
you know, I'm giving away another award here, but he's also my most improved player, and that's Trayvon Diggs. He had a really... <laughs> that's my second one. <laughs> he had a really disappointing uh, uh, freshman year. His rookie year was not very good, but this year he leads the league in interceptions with nine. I mean, that's amazing. He's on pace right now to break Night Train Lane's record, which would be pretty astonishing. Um, we just haven't seen a player they rack up interceptions like Trayvon Diggs has. I know that he gets busted in coverage, and he gets a lot of hate for that. You could tell me whatever his PFF grade is. You could tell me he lets up big plays. I don't want to hear it because this guy turns the ball over like no one else on the field. He's a ball hawk. He's a natural for finding the ball. He secures the ball. He has great hands. He was, I'm pretty sure he was recruited to Alabama as a wide receiver. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is my guy. He's the most improved, and he's the breakout for me. All right. Um, I'm going to go Javante Williams of the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, this guy's been top of the league running back-wise. If you look at uh, yards after contact, he's very good at breaking tackles. Uh, he's a good hard runner. Uh, last week against the Kansas City Chiefs on uh, primetime, we saw that Broncos offense and just Teddy Bridgewater is just struggling, man, to throw the football. But this guy really picked it up in the, in the run game and in the pa uh, receiving game, and uh, I think he's been a, a big bright spot for them this season. Yeah, Javante Williams coming out of UNC was in a dual backfield with another player who deserves some respect, Michael Carter, um, New York Jets. But both of them, very good running backs coming out of UNC, and Javante Williams really took control last week. Um, the Broncos used him a lot with Melvin Gordon being sidelined. I believe, you know, I don't know the correct stats off the top of my head, but I believe Javante Williams had over 100 yards on the ground and around 75 in the air with a touchdown. That kid, that was a breakout game, and he, yeah, he's definitely a candidate for breakout player this year. Yeah, and Tom, you talked about his yards after first contact. He was breaking tackles on every single play. Yeah. He's making it look so easy. Like He's an absolute beast with the ball. Yeah, yeah I mean, talking about rookies, let's roll right into uh, most promising rookie. All right, most promising rookie... Right now, I got to go. I mean, it's not a sexy pick, but I'm going to say Creed Humphrey, center with the Chiefs. I like it. Yeah, uh, second end of the second round. And I know PFF has him graded as the number one center right now. And we haven't seen an O-lineman kind of dominate like that too often in the past years. We've had Quentin Nelson. And then after that, it was probably like Travis Frederick, another center. So he's up there with those guys. And He's gonna be he's gonna be a monster on the line for a while. Yeah, we've seen some solid tackles come out, but interior linemen uh, have been tough to find over the recent years. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, that's that also a huge pick um, for the Chiefs uh, this season, especially watching that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Mahomes was running yeah. for his life, so I mean, yeah, that's definitely huge. He's been really good this year for them. Tom, uh, my guy is going to be. Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. Um, I think he's the most promising rookie. Maybe not because of the his playmaking ability or that he can run out of the pocket because we all know he can't. But I think just because the system that he's in, he's in New England. Um, this guy looks like he he could be the next Tom Brady. Um, obviously with not as many Super Bowls, but he's in the right system. He's a pocket passer, and the, he's got a top O line in the league. And uh, Belichick makes it really easy for him to game plan and win these games. Uh, he threw the ball three times on Monday night against the Bills, and they won the football game. So it just shows you how easy Belichick is making this offense for him, and I think that's why he's most promising. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I he's, de he's, he's definitely yeah. a front runner for – for rookie of the year, I do not want to hear that he's next Tom Brady. <laughs> even even if he becomes the next Tom Brady, I don't it's need to hear it. Please, just give me a couple of years without seeing a dominant quarterback in New England. Just yeah. just, like, just a few. I mean, that down year with Cam Newton wasn't One enough year. for me. I need a, I need a little more. But um, 
Yeah, Mac Jones is probably going to have a pretty promising career. They New England does a great job at protecting him, like you said, and the game script is perfect. For me, most promising rookie is I'm going to go with another guy who was a candidate for rookie of the year for a while, and that's Jamar Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals. I hated the pick at the time, and it might not be the right pick still, and a lot of people will probably debate for a while that they should have gone with Panay Sewell uh, at, to protect Joe Burrow. But Jamar Chase has a great connection with his quarterback, Joe Burrow, and it's just been shown on display this season. I know that Chase, I wouldn't say fell off, but he hasn't been able to keep up the same touchdown and yardage numbers over the last few weeks. Nonetheless, he's having an amazing season for a rookie wide receiver, and he's definitely justified as a top five pick. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'll never know if it was the right pick or not just because um, the offensive line is actually playing pretty good this season. But Jamar Chase looks to be a pretty promising receiver for the years to come. Yeah, no, I was 100% wrong about that pick. I thought they should have took Sewell in a heartbeat. I was very critical of it. And then, what, like first game he broke a 50-yard touchdown, and yeah. then since then he didn't really look back. Yeah, Jamar Chase is definitely a stud. And like I said, I don't, I don't know if it'll ever be like – it's going to be debated for a little while if it's yeah. the right pick or not. Um, but if Jamar Chase keeps playing playing the way he is, then no one's going to argue yeah. against it. So on the flip side of the rookies here, there's a lot of rookies who may have big bust potential. And looking through the first round here, a lot of these first round rookies have been having pretty good seasons so far. I want to get into who you guys think is a bust so far this season. So I wouldn't say he's a bust right now, but if Trevor Lawrence is stays in Jacksonville and they don't make massive changes to their organization, which they haven't so far, I would say he honestly has the biggest bust potential because they will absolutely run him into the ground. They're going to ruin him. So I think he'll leave, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's my bust pick. My bust pick would be Trey Lance. We haven't seen him play a lot, but I thought that was a very interesting pick by the Niners. Did not throw the ball a lot in college at all. And in the division he's in, uh, with the Rams and Cardinals, stacked defenses, he's going to have a tough time if he takes over next year. Yeah, you know what, Eli? I was actually really nervous to come in here today and say that Trey Lance is the bust, but that's who I have as well. I don't – it's tough because it's like bust with an asterisk because we haven't seen him enough yet. But at the same time, that's kind of why he's a bust because yeah. if you draft this guy at three, I'm sorry. We're in week 14 now, and the 49ers, it's not like – it's not like they're having a great season. I mean, they're definitely in the playoff race now, and Jimmy G has been playing well enough to keep his starting job. But if this kid, Trey Lance, was legit, I think we'd see him a lot more than we have in just a couple plays here or there on the goal line. So, Tom, what do you think? Yeah, before I give my guy, I just I just want to make sure I heard uh, Eli Wright. Did you say that you think Trevor's going to leave Jacksonville eventually? I mean, I would be. Like, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, like, I'm dipping as soon as I can. Like, we have no— give it time. It would just, we don't function as an organization at all. So, I mean, two years, if something changes, I'm sure he'll stay. I'm sure he wants to stay because, like, no one wants to leave so quickly, but— no, we'll I, I, I definitely see your point there. I mean, it, it is tough right now. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding. They do have a ton of cap, though, right? I mean, we do. We yeah, spend the yeah, money. We, we got the most in the league right now. Yeah, you, they need to build a line first and protect your quarterback. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully that works out. But my guy is um, Alex Leatherwood of the uh, Raiders. Uh, this guy's not been too great for them. He's been giving up a, a decent amount of sacks this season, and uh, I think he's got a big bust potential. Yeah, I mean, pretty much go to any draft you want. Like, search up 2020 draft, 2019 draft. Search up any draft. And go to the Raiders pick, and that's probably the bust of the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we they're saw last year, 2020, they had two picks, I believe. Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. 
and both have been in legal trouble and cut from the team. So, good job by um, good job by the Raiders there, and uh, <laughs> they they hit the ball again with another bust in Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty funny. All right, moving on. We're flying down the list here. I talked about my most improved player being Trayvon Diggs, but let's get to your guys, Tom. Uh, my most improved player is going to be Dawson Knox of the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, tight end. Yeah. Um, I'm a, honestly a big fan of him, especially because I have him in fantasy. Uh, he's been carrying me a lot of these weeks. Um, he's just been a huge red zone uh, target for Josh Allen this season, and I think he's really improved uh, off last year. He just put up crazy good numbers this season compared to his last year in the league. Yeah, so go back two weeks ago, episode 15, when we talked about top five players with our friend Pete. Uh, we actually put Dawson Knox in top five tight ends. So, yeah. yeah, hats off to Dawson Knox. He's having a phenomenal year. And I also had Trayvon Diggs, but top of my head, I'm going to give my guy Kirk Cousins some love. Um, I mean, I feel like right when he started getting a little attention on how well he's playing, he kind of kind of put up two poor performances these last two weeks, but he's been throwing the ball very well. And he's got like a 25-3 to three touchdown interception ratio. I mean, he's he's doing a good job. They need to get a couple more wins, but I, I'd say Cousins because the last couple of years he's been he's been wildly inconsistent. Yeah, no. You look at his uh, his statistics, and I mean, they're definitely good. His touchdown interception ratio, like you just mentioned, is, is very good. But the big thing with him is is can he win the big primetime game? I, yeah, there's one tonight. He's Find playing tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh yeah. tonight at home. Thursday night football. They're they're sitting at five and seven here. That NFC wild card race is just packed right at the edge right now. So this is a, this is a must win for them. And um, I, I want to see him win these big games, you know, because I'm I'm pulling for him. But we'll see. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a guy who honestly he gets a lot of hate, but Eli, you hit it on the mark. Uh, he's he's had a very good season so far. He may have been reading his press clippings a little too early, yeah. but he has a chance to win. Tom, you mentioned his primetime performances. Tonight, Thursday night, against the Steelers. Um, that should be a good game. And he's at home. The Vikings are slightly favored to win that game. And, and they're getting Dalvin Cook back tonight. Yes. So, so that's, that's helpful for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what capacity Cook will be used at. Yeah. Uh, I think we could see a little bit of a split situation as he's coming back from that shoulder injury. But Vikings need to go out and get the job done tonight. I believe, what are they, 5-7? and seven? Yep. So being 5-7, and seven, a win today would put them right back in there, uh, right with the Eagles and the Washington football team for that wild card spot. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Best free agent signing so far. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Eli go first on this one again. Uh, I have someone in mind that I could talk a lot I about. I feel like we're all going to say the same person. Is it Matthew mm-hmm. Judon? It is. So you, you go. You take Judon because I got another one. Yeah, so Matthew Judon, um, he's honestly having a phenomenal year. He just got injured. Uh, we saw it was a pretty tough injury in primetime mm-hmm. in that sludge fest against uh, the Buffalo Bills with the crazy wind conditions. Tom, you mentioned they only threw the ball three times. Um, Twelve and a half sacks, though, on the year for Matthew Judon. This is a guy one of the best edge rushers in the league. I really wanted my team, the New York Jets, to sign him, um, although the Patriots paid him a pretty penny, and he's been worth every dime so far. And he's got his red sleeves, uh, my yeah. favorite accessory in the league. I don't <laughs> know cool. why, but when I put on the Pats game and I see the red sleeves, I'm I'm like, yeah, he's going off. Yeah, he's he's going to have a game. It is cool. And you always know where he's on the field, too, because it just yeah. stands out. Yeah. So from a viewing standpoint, it's nice to see, oh, there's Matthew Judon in there again, second quarterback. <laughs> he's having a great season. Tom? 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an obvious pick. I'm, I'm going to actually say uh, Joe Thune here, though, of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was on the Patriots uh, throughout his career and uh, free agents, huge free agent signing for the Chiefs. Uh, he's been pretty solid sitting here with a 75 overall um, pass blocking grade. Not too bad. I mean, it's not top of the league, but it's it's definitely he's doing a good job, especially paired with Creed Humphrey uh, in the interior line. I think it's just been huge, and uh, Mahomes has been protected a lot better this season. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, it's not a sexy take. This is similar to Eli's Creed Humphrey yeah. Yeah. Uh, award, but no, Joe Thune's having a great season. He's exactly what the Chiefs were looking for when when they signed him. So, Eli, you said you have another player to talk about whose name is not Matthew Judon. Yeah, so I'm going. 32-year-old Justin Houston. I mean, he hasn't been going crazy, but if we're going off value, one year, $4 million. He's already got four sacks, 22 pressures, 16 QB hits. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know he was in the league until, like, week seven. <laughs> and he starts, like, he's he's out there playing. I mean, four mil, you get a vet like that, and he's putting up, he's putting up decent numbers. Like, no one's going to complain about four sacks. I think that was a solid signing for Baltimore. Yeah, the Baltimore uh, Ravens are actually having a much better season than most people anticipated after all those preseason injuries. So, I mean, like you said, it's it's the little guys, or I mean, he's not little, but yeah. I mean, it's the little signings, I should say, like Justin Houston, bringing on a cheap veteran to get the job done. So, moving on to another award here, Eli, I see it says, you know, I let you come up with some of the awards yeah. today, or almost all the awards. It says best game. So, are we talking like best game with both teams, or are we talking about like one player Ooh. who had like an amazing game? Oh man, I was thinking with both teams, yeah, but like we could easily do same. best performance as well if we thought of some off the top of my head. But what I had was like the best matchup, like the best game we've seen so far. All right, take it away. So I went Chargers Steelers from a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, great game. I mean, any game with 41 fourth quarter points, like that's a wild game back and forth. Steelers. Did all that to come back, and then Justin Herbert essentially walked it off with the 50-yard touchdown to Mike Williams. And Eckler, four TDs. Big Ben, Herbert, three TDs each. I mean, I love scoring, so I love that game. It was a good one. Yeah, that's a good one for me. I'm going to go back all the way to week two. I believe it was, oh, I want to say Monday night. Monday night football? It's either Monday night or Sunday night. Uh, I can't find oh, it right Sunday here. night, I'm pretty sure. All right, so it was a night game nonetheless. The Chiefs were coming into town to play the Baltimore Ravens, and I was begging my roommates to come out and go to the game. No I was way. Like, Tickets just dropped. They were like 150. You uh, were thinking about it? They were 150, like all like off season, like leading up to the game. And this was something that like I marked on my calendar. I was like, I really want to go to this game. Chiefs, Ravens, Mahomes versus Lamar. It's going to be an instant classic. And sure enough, it was. It was an instant <laughs> classic. I mean, the back and forth game for them. Baltimore came back and they came out on top, 36 to 35. And I, I don't know if you guys remember, but late in the game, the Ravens had an opportunity on like fourth and two. They weren't sure if they were going to try to punt and pin Mahomes deep, which, let's be honest, you can't really. You could put Mahomes anywhere on the field, and he can put together a scoring drive. Um, and Harbaugh and Lamar decided to go for it. I believe they ran the read option. Lamar kept it, got the first down, ball game. Uh, that was an amazing game. Like I said, instant classic. I was really pissed off that I wasn't there in Baltimore, M&T, at the bank. It would have been really fun. Yeah, no, I like that. That was, that was a really good game. I actually have uh, two here. So my first one's going to be Bills-Titans on uh, Monday night when uh, Josh Allen, right at the goal line, fourth and goal, they tried to get in, just fell up short, and the Titans came away with a huge win. 
uh, at home. I thought that was a really exciting one. And my other one is going to be uh, Cowboys Patriots uh, in New England. Uh, where Diggs intercepted uh, Mac Jones, and people thought that was the game. Uh, but then New England came right back, and Diggs got burnt. It was a touchdown. It went into OT, and uh, New, uh, Dallas sorry, walked off with a touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. I thought that was another really good game, so those are my top two. Yeah, so like I said, we, um, we could talk about best player performance as well and I don't want to put you guys on the spot but I'm putting you on the spot All right. is there any games that come to mind for you I mean just from like a fantasy standpoint like you scrolling through you see who's putting up numbers each week and I want to say two weeks ago three weeks ago Jonathan Taylor when he yeah. put up like what was it four touchdowns like 180 yards like that dude is a monster <laughs> and like that that's definitely gotta be the game who are they playing do you remember that's a good question uh, the Titans no. Yeah, I think it was the Titans. Yeah, I know, I'm pretty sure it's division, and it wasn't the Jags. So. Yeah, it wasn't Houston either. Don't yeah, because they played last week. So yeah, that game was nuts. That game was nuts. Well, for me, you guys already know I'm queuing up the boy Mike White. Yes, had sir. Oh, had a, yes, yeah. He had a, an historic <laughs> day, getting a big win against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets won 34-31, and all credit to Mike White. Uh, played his behind off he had over 400 yards three touchdowns and he actually that game ball is in the hall of fame mike white is in the hall of fame it's amazing he's not even on the team anymore (laughs) but he's in the hall of fame congrats um that's mike white is i don't know if he's going to be like a meme or if he's going to be signed again i have no clue what's what's in the future for mike white he's probably two or three years from now we'll hear about mike white's hosting like a quarterback camp for high school kids i Um, i think that one game like a game like that for a quarterback it gets you a contract that absolutely gets him another contract It it absolutely does so i think we'll see mike white probably float around the league but like i said he might be destined to just be like a high school coach i feel bad saying that but yeah (laughs) mike white no hate to mike no that's he wins best performance for me it's a good one. Uh, yeah, sorry to copy you here, Eli, but uh, I think I'm going to have to go with that Jonathan Taylor yeah. uh, performance. That was pretty pretty remarkable to see. And he's having a great season nonetheless. All right, so I'm looking at our list here, and we're just about out of awards to give. I think our last one here is going to be best and worst division as a whole. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, Did I miss anything else? Uh, I got team draft class, but oh, I didn't Oh, team really... draft class. Yeah, that yeah, one? okay. Yeah, we can do it. All right, word. I floated by that one. Let's go to uh, divisions first. Let's let's do divisions first, and we'll end with best team draft. So, for me, best division in the NFL, you can't go wrong here with either West Coast division. So, we got the AFC yeah. West and the NFC West. Both divisions have just been amazing. Um, AFC West fell off a little bit. They were off to a really hot start with, like, the Raiders, the Broncos undefeated. You know, the Chargers were, like, 3-1. and one. Um, And the Chiefs, everyone was like, what's going on with the Chiefs? Well, here we are in Week 14. The Chiefs are back at top. Uh, where they belong in that division. Uh, but, yeah, the NFC West, um, obviously it's been a pleasant surprise with the Cardinals and the Rams leading the way. And just looking at my laptop here, I might actually have to change my pick and go with the AFC North. Um, the battle that's been going on there with the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns, every team is in contention right now. Uh, if it was, you know, if I was a betting man, I would say the Ravens are probably going to take home the division with the schedule that they have ahead of them. Um, but the Bengals are right there on their hip, and the Steelers and the Browns should be in contention for a wild card spot. So for me, AFC North is actually the best position, our best uh, division. I would go NFC West. Like that's that's been my pick for a while. Like yeah. 
when the Rams got Stafford, I was very scared of them. I honestly thought they'd be doing better than they are right now. I think they'll be fine. But Cardinals at ten and two, Rams at eight and four, Niners are at four hundred. Seahawks obviously kind of dropped the ball this year, but and you still got Russell Wilson. Maybe they'll figure something out. I'm sure they'll string together a couple wins to end the year. But that's that's a that's a good division all around. Like it, when you got the Seahawks in last place, like that's a good division. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. NFC West uh, got to go with it. Cardinals uh, best record in the NFL right now, and Rams right behind. Uh, like you said, Seattle's having a little rough year, but San Francisco's also in the playoff mix. Just just a stacked division there. Um, my lowest division, I'm going to say, is NFC South. I mean, Bucks are usually going to take this division home. Saints, I mean, it is tough to ask and much of the Saints when your starting quarterback, Winston, goes down with a torn ACL and misses the whole season. Uh, their defense is really nice, but just Semyon and Taysom Hill are just not good quarterbacks. They cannot throw the football well. And Falcons... I mean, no one was expecting a ton from them, but we know they're not a great football team. And, and Carolina has been kind of a disappointment this season uh, with Darnold. So uh, that's going to be my worst division. Yeah. Uh, Eli, before our podcast, you were telling me, oh, yeah, it's obvious that it's going to be the <laughs> AFC South yeah. for worst division. Uh, I'm so happy you said NFC South because AFC yeah. South, like. I know. The reason I didn't say AFC South is because you obviously look at Texans and Jaguars yeah. are 2-10, and 10, which doesn't look pretty to anyone's eyes. But, I mean, I think the Colts and Titans are, are legit uh, contenders for playoffs. Um, I don't know about Super Bowl, but def- I think they're two strong football teams. So that's why I'm putting them over NFC South because I only see one strong football team. That's kind of where I Yeah, where I yeah no, that's great logic. So the Colts and Titans are both pretty good. I thought the Colts were going to be better. I still yeah. think, the, I think the Colts will win the division. I, I think they're going to take it. I don't know. I, I, I'm huh? confident in their defense and in Carson Wentz. I think he's playing pretty well. He's not doing great, but I think when he needs to win games at the end of the year, I think he will, where I don't think Tennessee's going to without Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown's hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, A.J. Brown as well. Up. Yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah, you're looking right now. Titans are on a two-game skid right now. Colts, Colts just won last week, so I mean, I, I, I do like that take. I, I'm a big uh, believer in this Colts team. It, I mean, teams are really built interior from the line uh, forward, and their line is just top of the league, and their defense is really nice, and, and we, we know the running back they have. So it's going to be on Wentz uh, to see how far he can take them this season. Yeah, so like, ha- yeah, those two, those two, like, so half their division isn't bad, but then Jags, Texans, just, yeah. they, they just bring it down so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm Two actually ten each. I'm actually not going with either of your divisions. I have another one. Oh, word! I think the NFC North is the worst division in football. That was gonna be like it's the one idea. I argued for if everyone said South. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> NFC North. Um, this is actually I'm gonna give away my my secret here or my behind the scenes reasoning on why I've been choosing the Packers ever since Week One to win the Super Bowl is because they have the easiest path to get there. So their only real competition has been the Minnesota Vikings, who have a below 500 record. Then you got the Chicago Bears, who look like an absolute mess because they can't protect their quarterback, Justin Fields. He's running for his life. Uh, the defense hasn't been anything special at all. Um, point differential is minus 86. That's one of the worst in the leagues. And then, obviously, they have the worst team in the league in that division as well with the Detroit Lions. I think the NFC North is just the worst division in football, and the, the Packers have a really easy path to get that one seed. Um, no hate on the Packers. I'm not saying like the Packers aren't like wouldn't have the record that they would if they weren't in that division, but it definitely helps because of yeah. just the lack of talent uh, in those teams. Yeah, I like the Lions though. I don't. I don't think the Lions. I mean, they're bad, obviously, but I don't think they're the worst team in the league. I think they're better than the Jags. I think they're better than the Texans. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You think? 
I think it's so because they, they, they find with... ways to just mess things up, which I yeah. guess is like a pretty but, bad trait to have. But they're in there. They're, so who's that? Fall, who does that fall on? The coach? I yes. I think Campbell. I, I don't. I, I, don't I, I refuse to say it falls on him because I love Dan I Campbell. Yeah, I love Dan Campbell. Him. But I mean, you can I, like I his energy. Goff is trash. I don't think Goff is good. He's not. I don't think <laughs> he's yeah. not very good. But are the Lions going to draft a quarterback this year? Probably not. They'll probably, probably just draft not. like Thibodeau or, or Hutchinson and, and stick it out with Goff. And I, I, mean, I think yeah, they have to. they're heading towards. If they aren't already the most mediocre t- mediocre team in football, they're heading towards years of mediocrity yeah. because they just have. I mean, they have picks, but we got to see them the to same, see how they use them. Yeah, it's the same thing every year with them and. And I, like you say, obviously this roster is not anything special, but they, I think they should definitely have more than one win. Uh, I think I, I try to like Dane Campbell a lot before the season. <laughs> I loved his uh, speech coming into the season, uh, how he's going to take the kneecaps off the, their, his opponents. Uh, it's that tough energy. But, I mean, I just I, I don't think he's a good coach. I mean, just watching that game against uh, the Bears on Thanksgiving, he just did not use his timeouts properly. Um, even coming after, out of a timeout, the defense isn't set up out there. He had to call another timeout, and that's not even legal in the NFL. You can't call timeouts back-to-back so he took a penalty I mean I, I'm just not a big fan of him uh, so we'll see if, if I mean do you think they move on from him after this season I don't think so because one I think they will when they move on to a new quarterback yeah but mm-hmm. the draft class is not a lot of good QBs you want to give Goff more than a year just because it'd be a bad look if you didn't he'd made it to the Super Bowl yeah. and then it's <clears throat> such a bad look for the team to h- fire First of all, a head coach after one year, and especially when that coach is like a player's coach, yeah. which I know is a term that gets thrown around a lot, but like the guys in there like him. They probably don't want to see him go and have to switch up the program after going, they're probably going to go like, what, 2 and 14. So I think he gets one more year, and we'll see how he does there. Yeah, like, we'll I could see that definitely happening. All right, so moving on to our last award of the day. We have best team draft class. So, like, overall rounds one through seven. I don't know if you're including undrafted free agents or not, but. Sure. But yeah, yeah, best. Yeah. W- what team, you know, found the, the best rookies and those hidden gems in the draft? So, I went with the Denver Broncos. Um, they had Patrick Sertain in the first, which I also found out his nickname's PS2. That's sick. I messed yeah. with that. Next pick, Javante Williams. We've already talked about him a lot. And then their third round pick, Quinn Manures. I'm not, so, I'm not sure how you say his last name. He's the center. Have you seen the video from last week? Got like the angry one run of the week. Javante Williams was taking a pile, and for about six or seven yards, this dude is just behind the entire pile, just full body, plowing it over. He's been good all year, and he's, he's an angry blocker, and I like him a lot. So I got to give him some love. Yeah, the Broncos were my good number day. two uh, yeah. team for this category. Tom, what's your... Uh, what team had the best draft this year? I'm going to go with the uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, just looking at their first three picks. Uh, so you look at their first first rounder here, Jalen Waddell. Uh, he's been really consistent this season for them. Uh, he's just, uh, week in and week out, he's getting you at least four to five catches, and he's putting up good yards, and I think he's been a really good safety blanket uh, for Tua, and uh, I'm just a big fan of Waddle. Um, so looking here at their second one, there's a second one again. Jalen Phillips. Yes, thank you. Phillips uh, out of Oregon. Uh, good edge – or sorry, uh, Miami or Oregon? Uh, Jalen Phillips, Miami, I believe, sorry. is Miami, yeah. Uh, good edge rusher. He's been really big for them this season. And then their uh, second rounder, Javon Holland, uh, safety from Oregon. Uh, he's been really solid, too. If you look at all the PFF numbers, all those guys have been above average. And I think those are just solid three picks for them to uh, for the draft this season. 
yeah, the Dolphins had, you know, three early picks, uh, two firsts and a second there that you just listed, but they have seemed to hit on them so far. So I, I definitely like that pick. For me, it was tough. Like I said, I was between the Broncos, but I ended up going with the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers drafted Rashawn Slater to build, to beef up that offensive line. He's been a beast this year. Yeah. You talk about a good young offensive tackles. He's up there with the best of them. Asante Samuel Jr. has also probably been the second best rookie cornerback this year, right behind uh, Pat Sertain. Um, I don't know. He's just been having a really good year, and I've seen him lock down some of the best wide receivers in the game. So I really like Asante Samuel Jr. And you look a little deeper in the draft. Um, none of these guys are big names, but I've seen guys like I believe this guy Josh Palmer, wide he's receiver. Solid. I see him he's on. Solid. I see him on red zone. Yeah, he's yeah, got. Yeah. <laughs> I see him. He's on a red big zone. dude. I think when they lose one of their receivers, he's gonna step up big. Yeah, right. So he's yeah, nothing I mean, crazy it might be this right week now. because Mike Williams and N. Keenan oh, have yeah. COVID against the Giants yeah, yeah. this week. So, so we'll right. Oh, they no, actually, I did just see today Mike. Williams might play. Keenan should be out there. Okay. Um, yeah. And then late round, you know, they got Larry Roundtree, who we've seen his name before. He okay. comes in when Eckler needs a breather. So I don't know. I just think the Chargers did a pretty good job, um, and they really hit the nail on the head with their first two picks with Slater and Samuel Jr. So I don't know. All three of the teams yeah. that we listed could could definitely win that award. I think that's huge, especially for the Chargers out of these draft classes because they got a franchise left tackle to pair with their franchise quarterback in his second year beefed up the defense so offense isn't on the field all the time and like that's solid like this is going to help them a lot yeah i agree i mean that that just about does it for this episode um eli thanks for coming on thank you for having me i mean yeah you you know we've been a lot of our friends have been asking to come on now as we start to build our instagram page and whatnot yeah. and uh it was definitely a pleasure to have you on and talk football yeah thank you yeah and, and tom as we head into break here, I believe the next time that we'll be back in the studio, I think it might be NFL playoffs. Yeah, it will be. Um, we're going to have to see if we're going to do some episodes of our break, but uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it would definitely be nice to try to hop on like Zoom or something. Or We live pretty close together. We could probably meet up, maybe do an episode uh, sometime during break, whether it's late December, early January. We're, we'll figure out how the schedules work out, but... Uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy though, over the next couple of weeks, and, and hopefully we you know get up to date with everything. Yeah. No, yeah, thanks again, Eli, for coming on. I, I thought you did a really good job, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Hopefully the Jaguars get that rebuild we'll going. We'll see. Same with the Jets. Same with the Jets. <laughs> if they ever go on a win streak or they do anything relevant, I'm coming back on this show, <laughs> and I'm going to let my voice be heard. I like that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we have you on before then because by then we'll be long graduated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sadly. That does it for this episode of Call It a Comeback. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.